Our scripture reading for today comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, 4 through 10. I invite you to open your Bible or your Bible app and join me. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love and which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Let us hear what the Holy Spirit reveals to us this day. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together, Faith. God, we give you thanks that we have the honor to be in your presence this day, to feel the covering of your goodness and your mercy over us. We have named before you our petitions this day, O oh God, and we know that you are always faithful. And so we offer now ourselves that you would speak to us in this time of hearing the text, that it would come alive for us in new ways, and that as much as we read your words, you might also read us and tell us the truth about ourselves, that you love us and you hold us in your hands. We give you great thanks and praise for that in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, friends, you know that getting things in the right order really matters, right? If you have ever tried to assemble a piece of furniture or maybe a bicycle on Christmas Eve late into, uh, or maybe I should say early into Christmas morning, or even a recipe, you know that you have to get the steps in the right order. Last week, as we began the sermon series, I told you that each week I'm going to give you a series of hashtags, which will help us in this uh, journey to an authentic spiritual life to make sure we get things in the right order. Today, I'm going to have four more hashtags for you that, that help us discover this authentic spiritual life, because last week, we just were honest in saying that this is a hard season for many. And in the midst of that, we want to discover the life that God has for us. So I want to bring back my newsprint for you today, just as a reminder that the steps for a rich spiritual life are not a surprise. Most of us know them, but we often get them in the wrong order. Usually our resolve leads us to start at the bottom of this list. We determine to choose what God asks and then act on what God asks by the strength of our will. And then we believe that we will become convinced that we are worthy of God's forgiveness and once truly forgiven and headed in the right direction, then we'll be able to finally surrender and let God be in charge. Then we will know God's goodness and trust that it is true. 
And so this morning as we begin, friends, I want to ask us this question. Are we seeking God because God is good or because we want to be good? And the hashtag for that is in the right order. Are we seeking God because God is good, period? Or are we seeking God because we want to be good? We want to have a pat on the back. We want to be congratulated. So we have to start in the right place, which you saw, which is at the top of the list, which is we have to know first that God is good and trust that that is true. So this morning we begin by talking about trust. Brene Brown gave me the best metaphor for trust in her book, Daring Greatly. She used the example of the marble jar. Perhaps those of you who are teachers or those of you who have gone through, particularly an elementary school classroom, you might be familiar with the marble jar. Brene Brown's daughter, Ellen, was in the third grade when she made her acquaintance with the marble jar that the teacher has setting on the corner of her or his desk. And when the class honors each other, or the teacher, or both, the teacher reaches into the the desk and pulls out some marbles and puts them in the marble jar. When the choice of the class is the opposite, then the teacher reaches into the jar and pulls some of the marbles out and puts them back in the desk. And when the class makes choices collectively that lead to a full marble jar, do you know what you get then, anybody? Ice cream, pizza, a party, right? Because the marble jar has indicated that together you were building something beautiful. Well, Brene's daughter in the third grade came home with an experience of having her trust betrayed. I I have a feeling that's more common in the third grade than we would like to admit. And so Brene was trying to help her daughter to understand, so how is it that you trust again? after your trust has been betrayed. And she reminded her daughter of the marble jar. And she asked her daughter, do you have anyone in your life who puts marbles into your jar? And she had this quote in her book that was so powerful for me. She reminded Ellen that trust is built one marble at a time. It's built in those collective choices that allows the marble jar to reflect them back to us. So here's our second question. What is your marble jar like with God? When you look at your life, do you see God putting marbles in your jar or taking them out? Really, let's be honest here. Because one of our biggest obstacles in the spiritual life is that we struggle to fully trust God's goodness to us and to those we love and toward the future that God would want to build for us. And so sometimes I wonder, if we had a marble jar, we would see God taking marbles out of that jar instead of putting them in. And what I want to be able to say to us, friends, is it's really hard to trust that that kind of God is good in our lives. So trust is built one marble at a time. Now it's time to talk about sin. And that's a hard topic any time that it comes up, but particularly when it comes up from the pulpit. So I'm aware, and I just want to say I hope, 
that together today we can come to some new understandings that might help us as we seek to live that authentic spiritual life. We misunderstand the meaning of sin. Sin is not a behavior. I always encourage people, be careful about pluralizing the word sin and making it sins as if there is some list or checklist. In fact, sin is a condition of the heart that causes us to stray from God's intent for our lives. In the Greek, the language of the New Testament, the word for sin is actually an archery term. It's, it's hamartia is the Greek word, and it literally means to miss the mark. Hmm. So I got to have a beautiful experience of this on Thursday. On Thursday, I turned 50. Whoop, whoop. I know. I know when I turned 40, I said, I had just a few gray hairs, and I said, they all have names. And when I turned 50, I said, look at all those gray hairs. For my birthday, Pastor Heather took me axe throwing. That's a real thing. Didn't know it, but it is, and that's how we celebrated. We had a patient teacher named Julian who really wanted us to succeed, and because of his patient coaching, I will say, we made significant progress, right? I nailed that. I threw that axe. I got that bullseye. But it was such a beautiful experience of learning for me. I learned that the outcome of where the axe lands is determined long before it hits the board or bounces to the ground, as happened several times over the afternoon. No, to be successful, I had to pay careful attention to where my hands were placed on the handle. And I had to pay careful attention. Julian was very good about helping us. You have to release at a certain point. Usually right when the axe is, is in front of your face. You have, that's the point at which you have to release. And then you have to, to follow through in order to give the spin on the axe that means that it's going to land on the board. It's not about the force with which you throw the axe. It's about your technique, your aim for throwing. You see, when it comes to the spiritual life, what I find is that we are often focused on where the axe lands instead of our throw. That's how we measure how well we've done. Did we hit the bullseye or did we not? And because that's where we're focused, we think that's where God is focused too. Somewhere, we were led to believe that God is just waiting for us to mess up. And so we have to try harder to win God's approval, we have to practice more so that we can hit more bullseyes and get a, a higher score. Well, during the course of the afternoon, something happened that I hope I will always remember. It was a comment that Julian made to Pastor Heather. Heather was having a little bit of a hard time. We both did, right? We both struggled. We both were a little hesitant about this whole idea of, of throwing axes. That seemed a, a bit dangerous, a bit on the edge, right? And so Julian was trying to coach us. And at one point, he was coaching Pastor Heather very patiently, and it wasn't going well. And so she said to him, you just don't want to have a failure on your record, do you? And immediately, he came back and he said, no, no, that's not it at all. I just want you to have a good time and feel successful. Now, now think about that for a moment, friends. Do you see how that turns that around? 
Heather was worried that he felt bad, that he hadn't done his job. And he's like, no, no, I want you to have a good time and be successful. Heather got the first bullseye of the afternoon, of several, I might add. And Julian was the first one to come over and take a picture. Isn't that awesome? He wanted to celebrate with her. Friends, God wants us to have a good time and feel successful. God cares about the outcome for sure. All right? It matters to God where the axe lands on the board. Don't, don't misunderstand that. But that's not why God or where God is waiting to judge us. God doesn't want us to miss because God already knows how painful that will be. And for someone who had several, several bad throws, I know that first response. When that ax hits the board and falls to the floor, there's that, that initial response of, oh, darn. The guilt and the shame that accompanies that. The looking around to see, if did anybody else see that? Which they did, by the way. <laughs> right? And the blaming. Well, that's because you didn't do your thing, or you didn't, or you were, you know. And, and that's what we do. We shift blame. And, and all of that happens when we miss. That's why God's concerned about it. Not because God wants to judge us. God already knows how painful it will be when we miss and the barriers and the obstacles that will then be erected in our relationship with God. So this morning, I want to suggest that we do a sin autopsy. Okay? Let's take a look at this and ask the question, what's really going on here in the spiritual life? Are we paying more attention to where the axe lands or to our throw? Are we listening for God's patient coaching or are we worried about God's judgment? Because the answer to those questions are going to determine whether we feel like God is putting marbles in our jar or taking marbles out. Now, it's time to dig deeply into that text from Ephesians. Such a beautiful, beautiful text. It's always the text that I go back to whenever I want to understand again God's grace. And the power of that grace. The absolute unconditional and unmerited favor of that grace. So I want to begin in verse 4. You heard Pastor Heather read this for you. But I just want to call it back to our minds. Let's hear this again. But God who is rich in mercy. Out of the great love with which he loved us. Does that help you understand the character and nature of God? When you think about where God is when you're trying so hard to land that axe on the board. God who is rich in mercy. Out of the great love with which he loved us. One who is richly generous with the marbles. Saying, I know you can do it. I just want you to feel successful and have a good time. I am for you. And then in verse 5, even when... I love that part of the scripture. Even when we were dead through our trespasses, even when we missed, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Even when your axe falls to the ground, then God reaches down to get it through Jesus Christ and brings it back to you and says, you'll get it this time. Relax. Focus. 
Keep your eye on the target. And then verses 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith. I mean, that is just really the the, uh, summary of the spiritual life right there. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. It is not the result of work so that no one may boast. Because friends, when you hit the bullseye, it is a celebration for everyone. It's not a competition, right? Even when we were competing against one another, we were still like, yay, good job. Because God celebrates with us when we nail it. And then verse 10, for we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. God is good and God wants good for us. God loves us enough to create the perfect bullseye. And when we discover what that is for each one of us, we will finally know that we know that we know God has good for us. So here's my last hashtag for you this morning, friends. Grace matters most. There are a lot of things that matter in the spiritual life, but grace matters most. God is really busy finding marbles to put in your jar. And when you miss the mark, God is interested in your aim, more so than the result, because God doesn't want anything to get in the way of that life-giving relationship that must flow back and forth between you and God for the spiritual life to be authentic and real. God loved you enough to form the perfect bullseye For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Grace matters most because nothing else can convince us that God is good and God is for our good. And friends, if you don't trust that, you can't trust God. And you can't fully surrender. So lean in to grace this morning. Here are your questions for the week as we learn together how to more deeply live an authentic spiritual life. Question number one, are we seeking God because God is good or because we want to be good? Hashtag the right order. Question number two, do we see God as putting marbles in our jar or taking them out? Hashtag marble jar. Question number three, are we paying more attention to where the axe lands or to our throw? Hashtag sin autopsy. And question number four, what is it that could convince you that God is for you and for your good? Hashtag grace matters most. This is my deep hope and prayer for all of us. That we would know God's goodness in our life and trust that it is true. That that would be the deepest anchor of our faith. And when we get off track... When we miss the mark, and we all do, that that would be the place that we come back to. May may that remind us that God will always be about putting marbles in our jar. Amen.